Hi, I'm Danny Murphy, and welcome back to Virtual Reality, where me and Evan Real spill all the reality TV news and gossip, and get ready to listen to our full, unedited interview with one of your favorite reality TV stars. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Teddy Mellencamp, Danny and I are so excited to talk to you today, especially about something so important. You are naked on a Times Square billboard currently, Ah! but a really great cause. Tell us about uh, your partnership with the Melanoma Research Foundation. I know that May is uh, Melanoma Awareness Month. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it was so important um, because I never understood the magnitude of skin cancer. And melanoma. I really didn't like growing up in the eighties. Like we would go out, put oil on our skin, iodine, sit out there and bake, burn, peel, and then do it again. And I, I just, I kind of overlooked it. And then as I started to get older, you know, of course your dermatologist is like put sunscreen on, but for me, it was always about the aesthetic. Like, Oh, I don't want to get wrinkles mm-hmm. versus, you know, and then all of a sudden I went in and like, you know, it, it started with one. And now I've got scars all over my back. I had 11. One was stage two. And I think when you get news like that, at first, you're really, you know, you're inward. You're like, you know, and I got turned down for life insurance. I remember being like, what? Like this, am I dying? You know, really just in in a, a negative headspace about it and just kind of sad. And then I realized, what can I do to help other people not make the same mistakes that I made? And I, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, and I love too that you talked about how like prevalent this could be because you said that um, oil on the beach. And then me and Evan, before we hopped on to talk to you, we were talking about how we grew up in the time where it's like, are you going into the tanning bed on Tuesday, oh, Thursday, yeah. and Friday? So you have a good base for the summer and you don't even think about the like scientific and medical side effects of any of that. No, you're thinking like, what? how am I going to look good in my bathing suit on spring break or whatever it was that I was doing? And I mean, it didn't stop when I was a kid. Like it was like I was still an adult and I would be like, I would do both. I would do tanning bed and then get a spray tan on top of it because I'd get red from the tanning bed. And then I wanted to orange myself up, apparently. That, that is wildly relatable. Uh, first of all, I'm a redhead. I have very, and I have absolutely no business being in a tanning bed, but I was obsessed. I was addicted. I also like lived by the beach when I was young. So I would be like at the beach, then go to the tanning bed, then get a spray on top of it. Like I was literally radioactive. And so now whenever I go to the dermatologist, I am always scared, but I know it's so important to get the checkups, but I like, you know, the, the fear does run through me because I used to literally like fry myself. Yeah. I mean, I put it off for so long. I mean, I had these spots on my back for quite a long time because when I was younger, I had spots that looked similar. So I just thought, oh, those are my birthmarks. Mm -hmm. And then they started changing. And finally it was Kyle Richards. And she was like, Teddy, we're on a run. And she's like, I cannot. I'm taking you right now to my dermatologist. You have to go it's changed. Like from when I met you five years ago to now, it looks completely different. And that's where it's a problem. Um, So, I mean, we all have moles and different things, but the part that was so crazy to me is mine were white spots. So I always thought that like, if you were going to have melanoma, it's like, you know, you have a mole and then it changes like, but it can be anything. So, and then mine just kept getting, you know, more and more and more. And I realized the only way I was kind of going to work through it is by helping other people not make the same mistake. And also our kids, like as parents, it really is important to not just do it when they're outside on a bright, sunny day. Like if there's a haze, they can still get sun. And like the importance of them putting it on themselves as well and knowing it's a priority. And are you someone, because you said that you were putting it off until Kyle Richards quite literally dragged you to the dermatologist. Are you someone, because I fall... Uh, in this category sometimes too, when you're like, okay, I think something's wrong, but I just want to put it off a little bit yeah. because I can't come to terms. Is that, is that is that kind of how you were with the situation? Well, my husband's like, how can you go to the plastic surgeon and get a neck lift 
but not go to the dermatologist or to the oncologist to get your like spots checked. And I was like, I don't have an answer for you. Don't hold me accountable. I don't know. It's like I'm diagnosed. I have anxiety. And so it's always been surrounding those kinds of unknowns. Like I knew what I wanted from the neck lift. I knew I was going to go in. They were going to go like this. They were going to zip it up and like, let's go. But with that, there was so much unknowns. And I know I'm laughing now, but I I just, that fear kind of took over. But now what I learned is like, if I would have just been proactive from the beginning and been consistent with my checks, which is why when um, Melanoma Research Foundation reached out to me and said, you know, will you be our spokesperson and will you, you know, we get naked and we be on. I, I was like, absolutely. Because the one thing this will do is make sure that I'm consistent with my checks. Cause I have to go every three to four months now. That's true. So I'm one of those people, like if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. So there I'm like, not only is it helping others, but it's helping me not put it off because I'm scared of what's to come. And by the way, the the photo for the billboard, it is so beautiful. Teddy, how did it feel to strip down and also show off your scar? Was it was it liberating? Did it did it feel good? Are you, you must be so proud seeing your naked body in Times Square. I mean, I'm go- I'm actually going to New York um on fr- on Saturday and I'm going to go see it in person. So I think it'll hit me a little differently than like just getting the videos from everybody else, but Um, I mean, the first thing was like, my publicist called me and she's like, will you do this? First I called my dad and then I called my husband and I was like, are we good? Are we good? And the both of them were like a hundred percent. And then the only other, they, they asked me, do you want to do the shoot in your home or do you want to do it at a studio? I was like my house. (laughs) Like, um, and I thought I was going to be uncomfortable, um, because I have had like body related, like I'm, I'm hard on myself. And, but the photographer was so lovely and like, I felt safe and comfortable the entire time. And there was a moment where I was like, I feel really beautiful. Like I, and for me to say that to myself is, is a big deal. Like I get emotional thinking about it, but I was like, this is going to change people's lives because people think of sun cancer and they overlook it, but it is a deadly, deadly disease. Like- And it can affect anybody. And I feel it almost sounds like, too, doing this is not only you helping other people, but from just you talking about that, it's kind of helped you with your relationship with yourself, too, a little bit, like loving your body in a different way, in a way to take care of it, because you're like, oh, this is my responsibility. Yeah, it's my responsibility. And also, it's something to teach my kids. Like, you know, even baby doves, like, can I see, like, every day, she's like, can I see the boo-boos? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then, she, you know, she's like, I got a boo-boo. I need a boo-boo. You know, like, so it's just talking them through. And I'm like, this is why it's so important if you don't want these same kind of boo-boos that you can wear sunscreen too. And like, just really opening the dialogue around it. And like, even getting DMs where people are like, hey, I went to my dermatologist and told them we <laughs> the reason we're getting checked is we follow Teddy Mellencamp and we saw this. And now, you know, these the dermatologists are calling it the Teddy check. And I'm like, you know what? Just those little things like uh, it's makes, it makes the bad worth it. I'm like, I've done so many (laughs) crappy things in my life. (laughs) Like (laughs) this, At least like I can feel good about, I can be like, wow, you know, like this makes up for it. How would you describe your relationship that you have with your scars? Like, how do you, how, how, how do you feel about them today? You know, at first I was, at first they hurt. So it was like a different type of thing. Um, You know, it was more just like I was in pain. I didn't feel like I could fully use my arm because they also took a bunch. Taking the lymph nodes out hurts more than the other one. So they had to take lymph nodes out as well here and here. And so I was just kind of in pain. But now that that's gone, I mean, my husband kind of said it best the other day. I was wearing like a, a white tank top and just jeans and had no makeup on. And he's like, you look so just natural and beautiful. And he's like, and your scars, they are, they're a true testament to the life that you've lived and how far you've come. And I was like, wow, thank you. You know, like he was like, and they're kind of sexy. It's like you look like a badass. Well, I love how you you truly own them. I was at Kyle's recent event in LA, Teddy, uh, with you. Uh, We were uh, there to support uh, Naomi, 
and you wore a strapless dress. And I remember when you were posing in front of the step and repeat, the photographers were like, Teddy, over the shoulder, over the shoulder. And I, th this image was just like burned in my brain of you just like immediately turning around and very confidently doing the over the shoulder pose for the photographers. Um, it, like in, in those moments, are you thinking about the scars? Are you saying like, here, see them, look at them. They are a testament to everything that I've been through and the fact that I've survived a deadly disease. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's more empowering because I'm still here. I I'm feeling good. I'm taking action. And I feel like the more that people see them, the more it will say, I need to go to the, get my checks. Because if not, if it's not in your face, at least mm -hmm. for me, I'll ignore it. A hundred percent. Like, I'll be like, oh, you know what? I don't need to do that. I'm fine. I'm fine. Mine doesn't look like that. And, and what I say to everybody, like, Yours may not look like this. It may no, not look like that. But if you're not a medical professional and specialize in this, you don't know. So just go get checked. And the same goes like getting your eyes checked and getting your mammograms and all of these things. It's all just things, especially during COVID. We all overlooked our appointments. Yeah, that's so true. And, and, and then... Yeah, people then always also, also say like, "Oh, I I can't get into the doctor." I'm like, "Well, then book it a year in advance. Put it in your calendar. Like, go." And it's so hard. I feel like there's some people too where it's like so easy. And I'm sure you were in the same way. Like, okay, make sure my kids are checked, husband checked, everyone being on like that. But when it comes down to you, you're like, "Oh, I forgot about me," or I don't want to deal with me. Oh yeah, because what if if it is something bad? How am I gonna How am I gonna get through it? And if you are somebody like me who is struggling with the same type of thing, something that I realized that I don't always do, you know, I always put on this brave face, but I was just really honest with my family. Like there was one day I remember I woke up and I had like a really busy day and I just said, Hey guys, mommy is like stressed. And I, it's not about you. I just want you to know that I, I'm just stressed and I feel overwhelmed and I'm a little bit sad. And that doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. It just means that's where I am today. And it's okay to feel these emotions no matter where you are. But I just want you to know as I send you off to school, even though I'm kind of like, you know, stressed, yeah. I love you and we're going to be okay. I'm just having one of those days. And also giving myself permission to like have one of those days where I don't leave the bed. Yeah. Mm. Like yeah. feeling all the emotions. Yeah. What was going through your mind when you found out the results of your? biopsies or did you even have to wait for the biopsy results like when did you find out so I but it happened multiple times uh the first time I found out right when I went to the dermatologist she looked at one of the spots and she was like this one looks like a problem um would you rather me biopsy it it'll take you know five days and then come back in and get it removed or go to a plastic surgeon and get it removed or do you want me just to take try to take all the things out and then you know, then I'll biopsy it. And I said, just take it all out. And she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, she's like, it could look better. I'm like, I don't care. Just, I won't come back. Just come and take it all out now. And then they called and that was the one that was actually stage two. Um, so that, that one kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, but then they were like, all right, now, uh, go to the oncologist. I went to the oncologist and everything else was okay. They said, come back in three months. And then I went back in three months. It was just right before BravoCon. And there was, they, they had to biopsy four more. And it was when I was at BravoCon, they had called my husband actually and said, we know Teddy's traveling, but these came up as a problem as well. And mm -hmm. we're going to need her to come in uh, when, as soon as she gets back and gets surgery. And he's like, I'm not going to say anything to her, which in hindsight, I'm like, honey, I get that you were trying to protect me, <laughs> but instead you were just acting kind of like an when I was at Bravo because you know he didn't want to like spill it so every time I talked to him he was like kind of short on the phone I'm like are you mad at me like what's going on he's like nothing no I'm just busy and I was like oh well, you, okay well this was how my day went you know like but it was him trying to protect me and so we all you know we all kind of make those mistakes but yeah I mean it ultimately ended up being 11 and my last one that this lit up which was scary because you have to go in and get like the needle biopsy um, but it, it came back. Okay. Like it's just nothing. So I have another appointment next week and then I just have to stay consistent with going to get checks and protecting myself. Also, like I can't, 
I can't do the, I can't dress the way I used to dress like when I'm at the pool. And mm. that's been a learning curve too. Yeah. A little bit more covered up. Yeah. More covered up, staying under the shade. If I'm going to swim with the kids, I wear those like, you know, my little zip ups or my. Yes. <laughs> Surfer yes. energy. Yeah. You know. I'm going to get your blue crushing it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to pretend I'm Kate Bosworth. Yes. Honey, aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly. I love how this all kind of started, though, because of your good pal, Kyle Richards, Teddy. We were together recently at Kyle's event. And now that you've had a few weeks to process that night, being back around those Beverly Hills cameras, how did it feel? Did it feel good to be back in the mix? You know, I thought, and I was talking to Tamara about it too. I thought I was going to be at that event and I was going to leave and I was going to feel sad that I wasn't like a hundred percent in the mix and I wasn't there and I'm not going on the trip and like, but I didn't, I was like, you know what? It was really great to go show up and support a friend and whatever happens in the future with whatever television show ends up working out for me. But like, I didn't have that sadness that I thought I would have. Like, I wasn't like, Oh my gosh, I'm so, you know, like I was got involved in some conversations, you know, as a little heated as one does, Oh, but I didn't like that night I came home and I was like, I'm okay. Like I love my life. I feel that element too must be a little nice. You're like, okay, I got heated in some conversations. You're like, oh, if I don't want to see them, I'm good luck. Bye. I'm good. You know, like, I'm like, listen, if I could have my pick, I'd be like, I'll go on girls trip or traders or one of those. It's yes. 10 day, you know, like something like that where you can go and live it and get immersed, but then you come home to your, to your life. Yeah. I also yeah. feel there is a, like, you really seem to be thriving in the two T's in a pod space. And we even, when we interviewed Candace from Potomac, she even just out of the blue without even saying, she's like, I just talked to Tamara and Teddy. She said, Teddy's thriving. She was like, she's such a pro at podcasting and like, you're so good at it. And it's so entertaining and engaging to listen to and watch. You must really be just like loving being in this space too, I'm assuming. I love it. I mean, I can do it from this spot right here in a robe, you know, like I don't have to sit in hours of glam. I can just come and do, and it's like financially just as beneficial, if not more. And I get to sit there and like laugh and be myself and there's no editing and you're just, you know, I can be my messy self. And then if I make a mistake, I'm allowed to go, Hey guys, you know what? I jumped, I jumped the gun here. I said something I regret, or that was kind of an ass thing to say, or I'm allowed to do that because we're all humans. We all can be petty and we can all say dumb stuff from time to time, but I can, I can own my wrongs right away, which I also like. You can be your true unedited Teddy Mendelin camp or whatever. Mendel. Listen, I don't even think she knew my first name. Like I think someone handed her a note card and was like Teddy, because if you listen to the first half of half of the podcast, she keeps saying Tamara's name, but never even like addresses me as a human being. <laughs> it's, so, it's so on brand for Ramona, honestly. Like I've had her at her condo before and she still has no idea who I am, I don't think. I lo- love her, love her so much. And she's doing our live event in a few weeks and I, we couldn't be more grateful. But I think it's just her, it's who she is. Yeah, like she would be like, it would be, <laughs> she would like stare. I would ask a question and then she'd be like, I mean, Tamara, you wouldn't even believe <laughs> and then I'd call her on something. I'd be like, Ramona, how come you said that the legacy was going to be a bunch of losers? And now, and she's like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. And I'm like, why? Because you're going to potentially allegedly be on it. And she's like, I didn't say that. I'm just happy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys do have a no, good really way of getting. Yeah, you have a good way of getting some good tea, literally out of two teas in a pod. And I love to now that instead of just like, having some Beverly Hills fights, you can kind of fight with every franchise. It's, I mean, and it's effortless for me. Yeah. You're, I'm like, you're... who would have known that I could just, uh, uh, my husband's like, I knew. I knew. Yeah. You. 
I know you can fight with anyone. I'll be like, what we call it hashtag making friends. We made some friends today on the pod over at two T's in a pod, but um, yeah, it's good. Surprised? Sorry, were you surprised by the Tamara and Teresa podcast feud? I, that, I was just, I could not believe how heated it got so fast, so furious. I mean, what were your thoughts? Here's the thing. Listen, like Tamara took a lot of jabs from Teresa before she went back. Like Teresa was poking mm-hmm. that bear for to it takes for on the pod, it takes a lot to get an activated Tam. Like she is, you know, I'm more of like the the loose cannon on the pod that's gonna ask, and she's like gonna be friendly and everyone's gonna kind of feel more comfort with her, I think, because she's you know, whatever. And She's just, she's so good at it. She's so natural and fun and easygoing. So to get her to that point, you really have to push her. And I think she just was like, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Like, and here's the thing. If you're, there's room for all of us, but if you're going to kind of call us out and act like we're using you to get one up when clearly like, if you're going to say that, just beat us once, just, just get more downloads than us once. And then start throwing that kind of shade just one time. Like I'll be waiting because they interviewed Ramona right before us. Still didn't get to our numbers. No so. namaste B dollar sign to Chiz or whatever. Yeah. I like didn't know that they interviewed Ramona. Oh, I that, definitely that, knew that y'all interviewed Ramona. Yeah. We were after Teresa. So we actually, we saw that and we're like, Oh damn, we got her after. Didn't matter. We still went number one. But my point is like, you can't, if you're on these shows and listen, I've gotten more heat than anybody. Like someone sent me a message today. Like even when the whole world hated you, I, saw, I was like, <laughs> truth. Um, but like, you have to be able to laugh it off. And if you can't, then what are you doing? What do you No, Not everyone's going to love you all the time. And we always say, you're not only as good as last week's episode. So like we may, Jen Aiden may have driven us nuts the week before, but then we love her this week. Like it's just how it goes. And we're not, we, we, we're not going to walk on eggshells recapping a show. That's our job. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry that you're offended by it, but I also was offended that Louie came on and, you know, didn't realize he was breaking the fourth wall and openly admitted that he didn't invite Joe and Melissa when he's been the one pretending he wants the family together. Like that's the truth. You want, you don't want me to call out what I'm seeing. It's my job. I watch a television show and I saw that and I realized, Hey, you've been pretending to be the nice guy the whole time. Like you're trying to bring everyone together. I saw that. And I see you. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Was Danny and I, we spoke to the new girl, Danielle, at the start of the season, and she told us that she believes Teresa and Louie will be vindicated in all of this drama surrounding the Gorgas as the season progresses. But I'm getting the sense that it is the exact opposite. Listen, I'm not sure we can trust Danielle's opinions on anything after her last couple episodes. I'm like, do you know what show you're on? It's called The Real Housewives of New Jersey. I'm sure you've watched it because she comes in and she owns those confessionals. But when she's with the group, that's not the way she's going. So I don't know that she could see the full picture. And (laughs) right now, her trying to telling her mom about what she heard about Jen and like, just go be a good housewife and tell Melissa. Like, it's already out there. Go. Because now it's been three episodes of her like, oh, I, I know this. Oh, I know this. Oh, I oh, know. Everyone's being mean to me. I'm like, everyone's mean to everyone. This is the show. <laughs> and I don't want to hear mean girls. I don't want to hear bullying. I don't want to hear that. Like, you know what you signed up for. And it's funny too, out of, cause, uh, cause she says Marge was mean to her. Marge has been mean to Jennifer's. Uh, Marge knows, Marge can throw jabs. I, I didn't think she was that mean to Danny. I actually thought in the big scheme, I mean, Rachel, I think just doesn't have anything else to say. So she'll be like, when you called me a rat, because she's like, I got to say something. I got, and this is all I got. So here we go. I'm going to throw this out. Yeah, she's she boys. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I I think these shows that this is the point. You get you get to talk about it. You get to have different opinions. You get to have different favorites. I think the reunion is going to be off the charts. I think it's going to be heated. I am confused why they're all dressed like Disney characters, but yeah, I I I wonder what the the mandate was like because I'm thinking jewel tones, jewel tones, jewel tones oh. but it's only shades of like blue and yellow with like some purple. Some... Well, Jackie's alone in purple, and I'm like, come guys. Who well, I think Dolores is 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 Dolores in purple, or is that like light blue? It's a periwinkle kind of yeah. situation. I do love Dolores's hair that color, though. Oh my god, she looks so Jack. good. Like Dolores is thriving with the her rat. man, her body, her hair. She's looking amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I feel like. And what are your thoughts on Frank? Do you think that Frank's concerned about keeping his position, and well, that's why he's going all in like this? Or... Evan knows because I'm a Taurus through and through. Today's my birthday. I birthday. am. So, <laughs> I am. If you wrong me, and now you're crawling back. No. Especially with that, he's just mad he's not having his cake and eating it too, and at Dolores' house, in my opinion. But do you think it's really about Dolores, or do you think it's about the Jersey Housewife television show? Because if he doesn't have that spot with Dolores, and Pauly does, if they don't bring Britney in, like, I want to know more about Britney. I think Frank's good for the show, so show us Britney, because we need some some new blood. I was expecting Britney to be more of a character this season, too. Me too. Yeah, I mean, she's I, I, she's in as much as Tiki Barber's wife. Right. Go along. Yeah. She's like <laughs> no, running to get the football. She's like, oh, they finished filming the season? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you, Teddy. I think that possibly there is a part of him that is upset that if he is less involved in Dolores' life, then he's less involved in the show. And I do think that Frank loves the cameras. And the, you know what? The cameras love him. And I do like to see him on the show. So I think it would be smart to get Britney more involved. I, I don't know if she deserves a hip, but she could be a friend of, you that's know what, what I mean? I'm saying? Get her in the mix. Have her at these drinks and these dinners. Like we, because then that's an authentic relationship that's already in there. Mm-hmm. Then we could actually see that. Like, cause what I've seen, it looks like Brittany's almost like a little intimidated by Dolores. So I want to know, like, do they have that connection? Like there's a real storyline there that I want to follow more than Lexi. Like, I'm sorry. Wait. I love you, Marge. Oh, Marge. Marge is Lexi. I was Marge thinking- is an amazing housewife. I love Marge. But like, if I wanted to know Lexi's storyline, then they would have made her a friend of. Mm, that's true. It's hard. Like, I would have Googled her. I would have Googled. Like, I don't know. It's like, is this just to show that Marge is a loyal friend? Possibly. Maybe they're yeah. trying to illustrate that. It's so... I, I just love hearing how opinionated you are, Teddy, and how much you have leaned into the Bravo fandom. What was your relationship with Bravo programming before you started the podcast? Did you tune in? Were you a fan? Well, before I joined Housewives, I had never seen Housewives. And people say that, but like, I really didn't. Like, I was like Bachelor Nation, loved mm. the, I loved dating shows. Like, I was like, watched old school Temptation Islands. I liked that and like true crime. So I, the, what my backstory is I was on another, I did a pilot and I hated it. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm panicked. And I called CAA where I used to work in the mailroom and I called, you know, my, now she's my agent, but I called her and I said, listen, I, I signed up for this pilot. They reached out to me online and I need out. I just help me get out of this. And she was like, well, I can help you. She's like, but would you do housewives? They're casting right now. And she said, they're, you know, this is whatever, five years ago. And she said, they're casting OC and Beverly Hills. Currently, you have a house both places. Which one would you want to do if you could pick? Mm. And I said, um, I don't know. Which one should I do? And she said, I think for your business, Beverly Hills would be better. Mm-hmm. And so oh, that's how that's, you know, then I started my meeting. So I didn't start watching until after my first season, which actually kind of screwed me because then I think it was in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was like, oh, no, they're going to take this and turn this around. And then I was, you know, I, I I learned a lot. But what I also learned from being on the show is like, I need to use my voice. I'm right. not going to be perfect. And people are going to judge me regardless. And using my voice, whether it's opinionated or it's annoying or I'm wrong, like 
that's what I have to do because it's who I am in my real life. I didn't like seeing that version of me that was kind of meek and timid. Mm. Wait, um, what was the premise of the first pilot? What was it about? It, I don't know if I can actually say the name. I think I'm under like a, I, I was under a thing, but it was mo- like moms in LA. And mm-hmm. yeah, like, and it was a bunch of like, cause I, at that point I was, on Instagram through my, like, you know, my transformation and stuff like that. So everybody on there was like an influencer of sorts. Mm. And yeah, so it was like myself, there was another, do you know who Sarah stage is? Remember the woman who got pregnant and you couldn't tell she was pregnant. And then everyone thought she'd like baked the pregnancy. She's a model. Yes. 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 So like her, it was an NFL players wife. Like it was all of us. And, but it was, it was a doozy. And I was like, oh, I, why not? I, if this gets picked up, I absolutely cannot do this. Wow. And like, <laughs> look where your heart led you. Like you knew you had to get out and then you ended up on Housewives and not just Housewives, but like the cream of the crop of the franchise, like on Beverly Hills with a diamond. It's, that's just funny how like you manifest things in life. Yeah. And I, and I think that's where I am right now too. It's like, I know I want to do another show but I want that show to be something that I really want and that I know I'm going to thrive in. And I, also, I think, yeah, go ahead. I feel too, because like you were even saying at that pilot that didn't go off, you could like see the writing on the wall. And even the way you can, you talk on the, your podcast about all these shows, you have such a brain. I could see you on another reality show, but I could also see like Teddy in 10 years producing a whole slate of like programming. Would that be something you're ever interested in? Or is that like a little too in the weeds? No, I mean, I have talked about it a little bit. I think for me, my just because I always put things out there and then people can give me, you know, crap about it later, like dream on, loser. But like, I would rather be, I would, you know, my chain of events would be like, I'd want to do another show where it's part of an ensemble. Mm -hmm. And then so I can show me the same me that's like on two T's in a pod, like, and me as the mom, me as the, friend but also me as the hot mess express that we all know um if you listen to twats but um and then kind of go to that next level so that people aren't seeing me from you know nine months pregnant on beverly hills making saying dumb like just ugh, ugh, ugh. you want to be able to have a little yeah that's very fair i like that um but i think like there's a whole world out there for things that you want like i know when i watch tv i want to see like how did that woman actually turn this into a business. Yeah. What are the actual fights you have with your husband? Like, is there a power struggle? Is there this? Like, I think there is room to really dig into the relationships where Mm -hmm. housewives, the relationships are really about the women. So a version of like, no, it's about your kids and your, the dynamic and your family and business and trying to do it all and where you fail and how you succeed. Like, I know I want to watch that because I want to, I want to see drama, but I also want to like learn something. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that is so true. Uh, that, you make a good point about housewives and how it's really more focused on the the relationships between the women. With that said, because you know we see Tamara got her orange back, like it happens. People come back after extended periods. If you were to be offered a diamond again, would you accept it, or do you feel like the housewives ship has sailed for you? You know, I never say never because then, you know, the one time I spoke in absolutes and everyone's like, you were lying. (laughs) So I was like, I can't ever say never. I've learned that the hard way. But um, in my heart of hearts, I feel like there's something else. That'll be that would be better for me. And I would, you know, listen, I love making money. I love working hard. I find myself when I'm complacent, I'm my worst self. So like. I'm a hustler, so I will figure out something and keep going, but I just don't know what it is. But, you know, I, well, it was interesting. You were mentioning the financial part of the podcast, because I don't know if you watch Teen Mom or, or are tuned into the Teen Mom franchise, but Kaylin Lowry, she started several successful podcasts and then she ended up leaving Teen Mom, which is like an OG franchise at this point that I think she was on for like more than a decade because she said that her podcasts were actually more financially beneficial. She made more money doing podcasts than she did on reality TV. So it's incredible how you can sort of take the notoriety you gain from reality TV and then turn it into something so successful. Yeah. I mean, I think I I wasn't even really where I'd done a podcast for iHeart for three years and my contract was up. 
and it was about health and wellness. And I love doing it, but I had gotten to the point where I was like, okay, you know, like, I feel like this ship has sailed. Like, and I, I, I got decent amount of downloads, but they, they asked me, they're like, will you, now that your contract's up with Bravo and this and that, like, can we start talking about housewives? And I was like, no. And then, you know, like, cause I still was like hurt. I was still like bitter, bitter Betty. Yeah. I was bitter Betty. I was like, I don't want to do this. And then when I, when I asked them, I said, listen, I'll do it. If I get to pick who I'm, if I want to co-host and I want it to be somebody that's permanent, I don't want you just to bring in randoms every week. And I want to pick. And they gave me these suggestions. And I finally was like, no, I want Tamara Judge. She was also recently fired. And once I was able to kind of lean into that, and once we, I saw our connection, I'm like, we just struck gold. Like, I, I didn't know her super well before, but once I saw our dynamic and even the way we are, and like, once I'm recapping Orange County, it's like, you guys are going to be in for a real treat because I mean, we, Tamara and I fight already. I can't even imagine once I'm recapping her. Yeah, wait for something to happen in Orange County and you not take her side on it and just like to have like, it'll be like uh, like a three hour uncut episode. <laughs> it'll be like the Titanic. No, I'm watching two T's and a pop. <laughs> well, I'm also like, listen, I, I saw the trailer. I'm like, why am I always the a- on the pod when this is you in the trailer? Yeah. I was like, this isn't fair. I, I need that. I need her with me. So I get a break sometimes from being the jerk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what was your reaction to the trailer? It was pretty explosive, but Tamara's out here saying that it's it was even more dramatic than what the trailer. Oh, so. yeah, Tamara's like it's so much more. And I mean, I I'll never give anything away, but like some of the stories I have heard, I mean, I think the season's going to be great. And I think also, and I'm not just saying this because you know Tamara's my co-host. Tamara is such good TV. Oh. Because she really, most people say they don't give any Fs. She really doesn't. Like, she doesn't. If she feels something, she doesn't care who her friends are, what the situation is. She is going to say it, and she's going to say it with intensity. And I think they needed her. I mean. hundred percent. It was was a godsend that she came back to the franchise, especially after the previous season, which, you know, we, we struggled through, we got through it, but Tamara was definitely, I mean, it was, it was a relief to me. That, well, do you that, guys think I need to watch, go back and watch old Tamara's because I didn't watch OC back then. Oh my so God. Everyone's like, you need yes. to do a rewatch with Tamara. I was going to, yes. Oh my God. Wait, can you do like a separate YouTube series where it's like you and Tamara rewatching old OC episodes? Like I, the way I would devour that. And That's also what I was thinking of doing, cause we can't talk about the recent ones, me and Tamara mm-hmm. together. So I was like, we could do a rewatch though. And like start, what did she start? Season three? Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. I need your thoughts on like, there's so many amazing, iconic. Much cold. Like, wait, I, I am very excited for that to happen now. <laughs> To see you reacting with like virgin eyes would be just so delicious. I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I think I can do it, but I can't do it and not like have a job for it. Like I because some of, you know, some of our producers are like, just go back and watch them. I'm like, no, no, I want to talk about it. And we got to monetize this. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To stream it. I need a little, I need a direct deposit and then I will. What do you by. think the best season of OC ever was? Hmm. That's really that's really tough. I actually just rewatched season one, um, which it it, it was just is like that a, Joe and Slade. Yes, and it was just a completely different show back then. Um, I I I know you should definitely start with t- the Tamra seasons, like season three for this potential project that we're talking about. But I, you need to go back and watch seasons one and two because I think you, it would just blow your mind the evolution of Real Housewives from like where it started because it is just like and also before people like they were like like it was before like a glam squad existed or anything like everybody looked good but it was like people on like a motorola like like phone like paper (laughs) everywhere case yeah (laughs) well i even teased tamra i'm like you know, we, we we did like I did a side by side of Tamara's first reunion look and mine, I, and she's in her sky top. Remember sky in the mall? Yes. yes. <laughs> like, they love the sky top. With the the bags and like I'm like, did you get glam? Like it. But that being said, I do appreciate the no glam. Mm. I think there's a time and a place for glam, a hundred percent. But like I always wanted when I was on Beverly Hills, I'm like, can we just not? 
Like, also, I, it's not fun to watch people just like in a chair. I'm like, no, that's five minutes of the show is them just. But not hands. just that. When you have glam with you on a trip or anything, you have somebody that you can download and vent to. And then if you don't have that. So like I didn't take any glam on trips because I'm cheap. And I so I would just be in my room by myself getting ready or I'd go in with Kyle or whatever. But like if you have your glam team that are also your friends you're able to talk things through oh. where you're, if you don't, you're just stuck in your feelings. <laughs> you're like, and so also <laughs> I'm sure some of the, there's some housewives that like, they're like, are like telling the glam squad. I don't know if this is happening, but now in my head it is. They're like, okay, I'm mad at this person. Can anybody, it's like a little writer's room. Yes! Like, can anybody? <laughs> that, I mean, like, I think you can always tell when somebody does a confessional and like their glams help because no one can be there for confessionals except for your glam. So if you have a funny glam person, mm-hmm. like sometimes you'll watch one and you're like, you didn't come up with that shit yourself. <laughs> Please. That is so funny. Well, it's interesting you uh, saying that you uh, you wish there was a situation where glam wasn't so involved. And I, I listened to the recent episode of Two Teas in a Pod where you guys are reacting to the new New York City housewives <laughs> and how in this like one confessional, she's literally wearing a wife beater. And you're like, I wish I could have worn a tank top in my confessionals. Like, I, I, I asked, I said, can I wear a baseball cap and just like come from the barn? And they were like, absolutely not. <laughs> At, they were like, nobody watches Beverly Hills to see that. And I was like, fine. Um, so then I chose some other bad, terrible decisions of confessionals with clip in bangs. And who knows? Like if I could turn back time. But people also are like, oh, you changed. Your look changed. I'm like, I was broke season one. Like I didn't have any money. Like I had, my husband had money, but I've always been like stubborn. Like I was like, I'm mm-hmm. not asking him for money. So I borrowed all my friend's clothes, like would like scrape around to like find, you know, like that ten- that little outfit that I wore that looked like the skater outfit. That was the girl who did my hair's uh, romper. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wear that. It looks like where to Vegas. Like, I'm like, so yeah, you, then you get on Instagram, people start paying you on Instagram. It's yeah. So you can buy nicer things. Cause I was just like, I'm not, my husband and I have separate finances. And I was like in a situation, I'm like, yeah, we live in a nice house and we do this and do that and have nice cars. But those are things he pays for. I wasn't going to be like, Hey, can you pay for me to like get nicer clothes and wear all, you know, design. And also after watching yourself on TV, I, all I would do is like, okay, I need an entire new wardrobe, an entire new face. I need to, I need to just completely change my body. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, you know what? Note to self, don't ever wear that sparkly number again while pregnant. My fear is always because I would just feel like I'd be like hunched over sitting and I'd be like, no, my posture. Well, I use my hands so much and people are like, stop. So one day during a confession, I was like, I'm not going to do it. And I sat like this and the producer looked at me. He's like, now you have zero emotion at all. Like if you don't, we need your hands or else you're just like with your Botox, you're just like a zombie up there. Oh my God. <laughs> Teddy, it's really interesting to hear you say that you would like scrounge for, for looks and you were scraping by. And I think that, that a, probably a big misconception about you being the daughter of John Mellencamp is that, you know, everything was handed to you. And you actually you did a post recently about Nepo babies, which obviously is like a buzz term and how, you know, you kind of raise this question, like maybe Nepo babies might have it like a little bit harder because there's, there's a lot of pressure on Nepo babies. What do you make of the discussion about Nepo babies? Do you identify as a Nepo baby? Like what, what are your thoughts? There? I mean, somebody said like, oh, you're too old to be a Nepo baby. <laughs> I was like, like, no, hold on. I was like, I, you know, maybe, I mean, I don't think that Nepo babies have it harder. I'm just saying you can go one or two ways as a Nepo baby. You can rest on your parents' coattails or it gives you an incredible incredible amount of drive because you see somebody who's excelled at whatever it is that they that they do. So for me growing up, even though I grew up with my mom, like I knew my dad was always hustling. I mean, he's still on tour. He's 70 something years old and like he is on like a year long tour. Like he is a worker and he always put that same thing with us. And like same with my mom, you know, like she you know, still to this day works her butt off. And like, that's just always what we were taught. And I think because I don't even know if it's Nepo babies, because you don't even have to be a Nepo baby, but because I didn't have a trust fund, I knew like when I didn't go to my parents, you know, they said, we'll pay for you through college. Um, but then I didn't go to college and they said, well, then that's it. Like, 
we'll we'll help you ship your car to LA, but then you need jobs. And I mean, uh-huh. I worked at CA in the mailroom. I worked at Mr. Chow and Euro Chow as a hostess. Like, you know, I did what I could to like get my pink dot, you know, <laughs> for those that don't live in LA, that's like a delivery grocery store that like would deliver muffins for $2. Um, hence why I gained hundred pounds my first year out here. <laughs> On, just drive around eating muffins. Yeah. In a mail room. <laughs> but I think that's so nice. It, it, honestly, I haven't. And I think that's what's so important. It's the outlook that parents give their kids too. Cause I also on the flip side, you were taught like, okay, if you want to work, you go to work. Cause you'd see some dark sides of like Nepo babies where they're like, oh, they don't have to like, everything's kind of like hand to them, but then they almost them. live in the shadow and they get into like downward spirals in that way too. It could get really messy. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's also, and, and when you are somebody that is a work, you know, I've worked other than when I was, you know, birthing my children, like I've worked since I was 17 years old and then you start to get like a chip on your shoulder when people mm-hmm. say something about, and I'm like, finally I got to the point where I'm like, I'm proud of who my dad is, but I shouldn't have to like defend who I am mm. and my self-worth because of him. Like it should be, we are two separate humans that I'm really proud to be his daughter. And I'm really proud for the lessons that I've learned. And gosh, if I could sing like that and write music like that, amazing. But also I'm really proud of who I am. And how hard I've worked and the life that I've become. And at the end of the day, when somebody's call when when my dad has the question and he needs advice, he's calling me. And vice versa. So it's like we have a mutual respect for one another. But I also am really grateful he didn't just hand me everything because mm. if I didn't know what it meant to like work my butt off and if I wanted a new nice car, what I had to do, if I wanted this, like I don't know that I'd be where I am today. You had to sneak or you had to work for that fake ID. To I have had a, to a work. stand of your life. I mean, Claire got me in that door. She <laughs> had scared hair, the bangs like this. I remember walking up and looking at Jen at Joseph's and being like, she's like, Teddy says Claire. And I was like, oh, wait, your fake ID name was Claire. <laughs> All my friends were older. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Oh, Claire, she's like your alter ego. <laughs> Claire. Claire was kind of messy. Was it a California ID? No, even worse. Like it was like I was in town visiting. Oh no, my God. Like, Wait, I, what, do you remember what state? I think Arkansas. Okay. Uh, mine was uh, Illinois. Uh, okay. Uh, so uh, that's, yeah. It was a real ID. It was just fake to me and looked <laughs> not like me. That is hysterical. <laughs> what do you make of the reaction to your story about Matt Damon? I could kill Tamara. I honestly. I mean, don't put me in jail, guys, because I didn't. But when she did that on live radio, I was like, I, and she's like, payback's a bitch. (laughs) Because I did something to her at BravoCon and she's been dangling it over me. So I knew that at some point it was going to come. I just didn't know it was going to happen. I was like, you should have waited and done it on our pod at least. Like you gave Jeff Lewis all this publicity. Um, but the part that was even more frustrating was the clickbait. Not only that Tam outed oh, me, yeah. but then it was saying that I, it said, Teddy claims that she blah, blah, blah. I'm like, one, Teddy didn't claim anything. She hasn't even confirmed that this is fact. Um, her friend outed her on <laughs> a live radio show. <laughs> I mean, like. Matt Damon, he is a cutie. I've also, I I met him one time. I got to interview him when I worked at The Hollywood Reporter. And he was like the nicest person on the planet. So I understand the charm. Like he, it's totally there. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely went through a phase in the, in the late 90s where I was like, are you an actor? Done. Oh, I'd buy a zoo <laughs> with Matt Damon today. <laughs> Let me tell you that much. <laughs> but imagine having to tell your husband. I was like, hey, honey. So something a little tricky happened today and jeff lewis he's like what i'm like well matt um tamra brought up md Mm -hmm. (laughs) i have a feeling it's gonna go everywhere and he's like and then his first thought he's like you better check to make sure he wasn't married or anything then and i'm like we're all both online like shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all good none of the none of the the actors of the late 90s early 2000s that teddy or your alter ego claire uh were married <laughs> no they were all single and you know if you went to bolt house clubs and you walked outside and you left your friend group for a second you could probably find one yourself 
Oh, I am so jealous that you lived through that era. That just sounds so magical. Like the Bolt House clubs. Like I was, I was in high school when the Hills came out and it was all about like Ledoux and, and Bolt House and all that stuff. So I'm so uh, sad for myself that I wasn't a part of it, but I'm glad that you were. Ugh, I mean, it was so much fun, but whose idea was it to have the biggest club night be on a Monday? Like, I remember that next day having to go to work in the same outfit that I'd went to Joseph's in. And I was like, Joseph's. And I I looked at Ken. He was my boss. And I sat in the office with him. I'm like, hi, Ken. He's like, how's it going? I'm like, Ken Stovitz's office all day. So hungover. I was like, this is not, this is not. It's not Chanel at. number five. It's kettle one. <laughs> Sorry. I may smell of vodka and Red Bulls, but. Don't mind a touch of cigs. Why does that not surprise me? You were a vodka Red Bull. Oh, I mean, just so gross. This is disgusting. (laughs) I'm Jersey. I'm from Jersey. That's our, that's our like national flag. So I'm all for it. But I mean, were you ever a Pizza Hut VIP though? What? Okay. I will say, and I'm so embarrassed because this was before Chick-fil-A was problematic, but I used to be like a a gold card member at (laughs) Chick-fil-A. I mean, you were a gold Chick-fil- star gay at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah, gold star gay. I'm going to get canceled for this. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, when my kids want to go to Chick-fil-A, I'm like, I'm driving through like. Like hiding. <laughs> hiding. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not supporting this. I just, we like their nuggets. Um, no, pizza. So once I decided I was no longer the biggest wild child ever that I was going to like settle down, I was dating this guy. And it was like one night we're like, we're just going to like, this was before Netflix and show. We were going to watch a movie. On, you know, direct TV or whatever it was, and order pizza. The pizza comes, and the guy's like, "Teddy, congratulations!" And I'm like, "No, no." I'm like what? I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "You're officially a pizza VIP." And those. the guy I was with, he's like, "What does it take to be one of those?" And they said, "You ordered over a hundred pizzas in a year." No, ma'am. No, sir. Okay. Not today, Neck. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> today, ankles. I cannot. I honestly, I was like, I need you to never repeat this again. And you got I got hot blocked. What do you even say? And, and and then like I have it with like a solid, obviously. I mean, I, I know you go in my fridge and there's not anything in there but like half of a Boone's farm, but I'm living a healthy lifestyle. Wow, honestly, I'm I'm impressed. Teddy, I feel like we could talk to you for literally three hours. We have learned so much in this past hour about the importance of getting your skin checked and also that becoming a pizza VIP member is possible. And it's a dream that I'm going to go after. You know what? It's something achievable. I did it back in the 90s. I hope they still have it. If not, you know, (laughs) Pizza Hut, I was with you. Thick crust. Claire was there. In the ranch. Claire and I had your back every night at 1 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, thank you so much, so for, much for taking the time. This was so, so fun. We're big Thanks, fans. guys. Appreciate it. Right, bye, bye. Bye. If you loved gossiping with us, and I know you do, then don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Virtual Reality, by page six. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.